0: Live from Jackrabbit Slims, this is Derailed Trains of Thoughts. So, uh, welcome, folks, to uh, Old Trains of Thought. I thought we'd go out to eat for our podcast this time. Yeah, or? as long that couple in the tape in that uh, corner over there it looks, they look a little skittish. So, hopefully, uh, this will be a safe outing.
1: Uh, most places we go to aren't so.
0: Yeah, we have bad luck in uh, that. I think. I, yeah,
1: I think we need to pick a safer place sometime. Yeah, definitely. So, hi, folks. It's been it's been a little while. We've been uh, surviving and trying to bring you uh, podcasts occasionally. <laughs> occasionally. <laughs> We won't go into a full-fledged project update, but Nick, you want to talk a little bit about what you've been um, up to? Just been finishing up teaching school, both my 6th, 7th, and 8th graders and their final project, and then also grading, well, not really grading, but commenting on Taylor University's fancy writing classes' uh, book proposals, which has been fun, but time-consuming. Cool. Very cool. And also writing projects that we can't talk about yet.
0: Yes. <laughs> I know we keep saying that they're out there, and they really are, <laughs> They but are, really. Soon. It's a very, it's a long-term sort of thing. Yeah. But um as for myself, I don't know if I mentioned on on podcast, but I'm working for a hotel right now um, and also working for my church and doing little videos that they come up with for me to do um, this past month has been particularly full of them and plus by the time this podcast comes out, um, my sister will, have gotten married so exciting yeah yeah, good. very exciting yeah it's been it's been fun getting ready for that and all the bruhaha
1: bruhaha great word my uh. My Jewish uh, high school algebra teacher always used the word bruh-haha. and I've, I have remember that since,
0: because <laughs> I know you use it a lot. I use it a lot. Yes, I do. <laughs> All right. Well, without further ado, let's get right into our story school. Our story school today is is a little bit different in the fact that it's about words that we'd re- kind of rather not use. But so we're talk- so, so
1: we're, we're doing a word only podcast about words we
0: don't want to use, kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah basically. Uh, but the topic is profanity and how it's used in stories and whether it should be used in stories. And um, I guess we should start off with this right off the, top of the bat. Um, Nick swears all the time when we're not actually recording. Yeah,
1: I know this is PG uh, PG uh, podcast, but. <laughs> like a
0: sailor otherwise so yeah okay not really no. <laughs> but if it hasn't been clear before now you know being christians it's kind of uh not really part of our belief system to to use a lot of it, language and
1: not part of our background either I and mean, we didn't come from families where that was common car- common yeah
0: yeah no, no that's true and i mean i and i think there's a very good reason besides just i mean religion and inherited i mean for me, it's always been kind of like, if you have to rely too much on swear words, then it kind of shows a very limited vocabulary, especially since, like, in some movies, it seems like the F word can be used for a
1: noun, a verb, an adjective, or an adverb. I, th- I think I've seen it dissected somewhere <laughs> for, like, a dictionary. Yeah. Actually, I think my sister had a roommate who could tell you the, the different ways it was used. But, <laughs> oh, I just, I'll throw this out here. I, I had to get in some time. I, I once had the obver- observation that... If Jack Bauer from 24 can go through seven, seven or eight of the worst days anyone has ever had and never once used the F word, I think there's probably ways to get around it.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> um, but
1: our own perspectives on that
0: doesn't necessarily translate to the characters that we write about. So then it kind of it does make this a relevant question.
1: Yeah, I remember, and I don't know where I stand now. Well, back in college, I had, I had this discussion with one of my friends about he was trying to figure out whether he would reuse you know, some swearing for these people he was writing because they, they were inner city sort of people and he thought they would. And at the time, at least, I said, well, I wouldn't use it except when they really meant it. Meaning like when the word, I don't know, I'd like it just peppering it. Mm-hmm. I don't see any reason for that. It doesn't, it just seems not necessary. But I can possibly, not that I would ever, I, I don't tend to write this way, but if it's a very realistic story. Mm-hmm. I could see putting in there as long as it's going to actually mean something. Yeah. If that
0: makes sense. I think that's the key for Christian uh, storytellers, particularly whether it means something. Now, you're going to have some people who are from those backgrounds and going to say that's not realistic if you don't have it. Like, yeah. I know the the actor, filmmaker, Kevin Smith, um, yeah. who does... Jay and Silent Bob and Dogma and a whole host of other movies that I wouldn't go see. But, <laughs> uh, but he he has said, because he uses a lot of swearing in his movies, and he, he's like, hey, that's just the way people talk. And I, I'm always kind of thinking, well, that may be the way you talk, but it's not
1: necessarily the way my culture talks. Well, it, so. comes, it comes into that uh, that discussion we've had, at least we've touched on before, is what's you know what's the purpose of writing? Is it to reflect culture or is it to... To kind of shape it into a certain version of life, right? And and at least my style tends to be I don't I don't necessarily I'm not realistic. I don't want to. I'm not trying to transfer life from one you know onto the page. I'm trying to rearrange the pieces of life into some sort of different shape. So it's yeah. So you can see life in kind of a new way. So I don't see any. I don't feel. I at least I never felt much need to be realistic. I guess mm. can't see my air quotes on the podcast, but. <laughs> on the on for my listeners i remember one time writing this story um it was called the empty house short story it's about this lady she's coming to clean out her dad's house who just died and he had, had Alzheimer's. she was really angry at i had a lot of anger issues kind of it's very simmering and then this incident happened i kind of wanted her to to use a some sort of swear word mm-hmm. to kind of communicate that and of course the one i want to use is like you know something that most people wouldn't even you know, blink an eye at, but, and so I wrote it that way originally, but I thought it worked, and then later on when I revised it, I felt it wasn't necessary. Oh, I, really? I've almost, I've almost edited out, even of the ones I've tried it in. since. Oh, and I think that's a personal preference, I'm not sure the story was wrong for having done it, mm-hmm. but, about the only time I've used, you know, anything, anything like a legitimate swear word, I think would be in, Local Man Struck by Lightning Survives. Okay. And it's not really, take in the same version, it's, is um, damn, which you know is hardly you know on anyone's radar now. I mean, you can be not, like a G movie and get away with that, but <laughs> it kind of seems that way. But I used it in it, half in it just real religious terminology simultaneously with the kind of the anger, sort of sure, sure Um way because he was damning God to hell. Yeah, it's interesting.
0: It is inter- and it, it, it's hard. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that there's really a hard and fast rule for whether you should or should not. Because I mean. I know I used I had a character say "damn" and "destroyer" at one point, yeah. but it was kind of hard not to because <laughs> I mean that was a, I mean it's a monster story about, <laughs> with a, a cop you know there's like buildings falling around people and things are on fire all around and. I mean, when you're in very intense situations, it does become that, and people naturally do do that. And, 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 and there's there's a difference from punctuating
1: moments yeah. as opposed to having it peppered throughout. And, and I think I'm most comfortable with that. I don't know, I I don't have a need of it, but I don't, I won't have anything against it in uh-huh. my own writing. I don't think. And watching movies, language doesn't bother me if it's just randomly like that, you know, or like, okay, Cloverfield, yeah, okay, makes perfect sense when you are <laughs> randomly right from this monster, you know, yeah. it just, it's just. It's almost not so much a word as an expression of emotion. hmm But once you get into, you know, goodwill hunting territory or... Um, <laughs> yeah, your your smaller dramas where... Yeah, where, you're like, just they don't know any other words. <laughs> it's like, ah, there's got to be a better way to write that thing. Mm-hmm. Interesting kind of on the border was District 9. Do you ever see District 9? No, I never did. Okay, some of the reason some of the situations... Okay, understand why I would use that, but, like, repeatedly, like... It was F-word like three, four times in a row. And luckily he had this wicked act, not wicked act, but he had a pretty strong accent, so it didn't come off quite as harsh on the ears. Uh-huh. Uh, personal preference, F-word is the, one of the ugliest words of the English language. It, yeah, it I just, really it just is. I mean, just the, just the combination of letters themselves, even without the meaning, is just... Mm-hmm. Well, and it, it kind of, it
0: monsterizes uh, what is meant to be a very beautiful act yeah. in a sense. It's...
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's a very it is a very dirty word in every sense. Yeah, of the I, word. I don't I don't know that I would have much. Well, just because I don't have any cultural contact with it normally in my life, maybe I'm just very naive. But I don't see I, I would not ever use that word. I could see using most other curse words, maybe. Yeah, and I think it really does come down to a lot of your
0: surrounding work. I I know there's there's one movie uh, called Swing Kids, okay, um, which is about teenagers in germany that like swing music american stuff jazz um but they're being pressured into joining the nazis and they're they're dealing with a lot of brainwashing and basically two the two main characters are forced into becoming part of like the whatever the the boy not boy scouts but the like, oh the, the the
1: hitler youth yeah the hitler youth thank yep. you
0: and at first they're both kind of resistant to it but one of them kind of starts getting more and more brainwashed into following nazi thinking and there's a uh, there, there's probably minor, there might be some minor swear words in it, but there's no F words until uh, a moment where kind of the two friends are at a turning point And one of them finally kind of says to the other, you're becoming an effing Nazi. Yeah. And he says the word. And it's actually a very powerful moment. That, and I think that word actually there had a lot of punch to it because now it wouldn't have had the punch if, <laughs> if it had been, if had been used throughout
1: it, it would, is like, it's just yeah. another thing. And so that's, that's uh, to me. The rule is only use it when it's really good to stand out, yeah. which is kind of a weird way to say, talk about for profanity, but <laughs> yeah,
0: especially like, like you said, like when it's just being like when you, if you don't know any other word, then it
1: again, you know, loses kind of any purpose. Yeah. Like any sort of flavoring. Yeah. Um, in writing, I, I I read and I've heard, oh I heard and then I saw it. that Apparently, the Lost writers in their screenplays use the F word constantly. Yeah, which is interesting. as a punctuation. I I guess the 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 one explanation I heard, I think from one of the writer read somewhere, was that because they're writing in L.A. and it's in Hawaii where it's filming. Okay. That they, you know, there's always all this emotional stress, stress and everything uh-huh. in, in the characters and you know all the booms of you know twists and stuff. That they use that almost like a, a way to communicate underlying stuff, which <laughs> I don't know if I buy that. I, I seem I don't know. It seems I don't know. I haven't actually read an entire script like that, so uh-huh. I don't know if it works or not. I think it, it would turn me off. It does seem like like kind of a cheap shorthand. I, I, I maybe when you're writing things and you know <laughs> in, very in a week maybe uh, I don't stressful know. deadlines. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I don't I, I don't I don't get in writing. I really don't get the use of using it. Most time, very often. Mm-hmm. I mean, occasionally, you know. I think, like, I I remember reading a Tom Clancy book, and it's you know the military, and it's a tense situation. Okay, you know, military. So okay, mm-hmm. makes sense. Right. But I mean, I guess then the the question is, like, more than ten percent of your script is <laughs> swear words. <is> it's too much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I guess I guess here, oh, here's here's the question thing I had. If someone sees a work of yours that has swearing in it, and they know you're a Christian, yeah, is that gonna It'd turn you off? I mean, some Christian readers would. It would turn them off. It's like, how dare you include such words? And you claim to
1: be yeah, this person. I, I see. I don't. I don't know that I would worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. You do tend to worry about your audience. I don't in tend general. to worry about my audience. No, but on the other hand, I think the thing is, and I, I bring this up in a number of our conversations. It's it's your artistic honesty. What are between you and God? What are you writing? Yeah. I mean, obviously, if you if you're writing for a Christian audience. You need to take that into account. Right, I mean, right. you're going to offend people's sensibilities. No use, you know, cause people to stumble for no good reason. But if it's, you know, if it fits the context and you're writing just a, just a... For a general audience. Just a general audience. Uh, I mean, again, now, if all your work did that, yeah, you might have a question. I remember reading somewhere, I thought it was really a pretty intelligent way of looking at it, is that a Christian's body of work should hopefully appear Christian in mm-hmm. the themes, but individual pieces might not uh-huh and that's an interesting point
0: because i mean like say people like um not dorothy sayers the the other the there's a woman a southern oh, a woman oh, uh, who uh, read southern gothic stuff. yeah uh, flannery o'connor yeah flannery o'connor i suppose if you took some of her stories in to a wrong sense i mean I, i've never actually read her books but from what i understand they involve a lot of darkness and stuff mm-hmm. and you could take that in a certain sense and say well you're just saying that you're saying that the darkness is a, a very prevalent thing yeah. Um, whereas I guess she had, she had a greater purpose to what she was doing.
1: Yeah. She was using, I don't remember her explanation. Again, I'm not an expert in Flannery or Connor either. Yeah. But yeah. And I think, I think that's the, possibly the thing context. And then, you know, if you're doing it all the time, I would ask why, you know, yeah. what's your purpose? I mean, unless for somebody trying to communicate to people who think, I don't, I don't know. Again, it's very foreign to how my cultural surroundings, you know, mm. Because I'm just not in those situations where that seems even remotely natural. And,
0: and like in and the stories you write, yeah, like your fa- your fantasies, it wouldn't really be all that necessary. Now here's a here's a question:
1: Are fake swear words bad? Meaning, for instance, I, I, not really swear. Well, I guess in context, like "Eternal Night" is kind of this like phrase you shouldn't say in Strain and Fred*. <laughs> oh, is it? I mean, Fred says in some everyone's house, someone says, "Don't don't say," you know. Uh-huh. It's kind of a crude, you know, explicit. I mean, it's not, I'm not sure what you would compare it to, but it's certainly not proper for a Horizon person to be saying.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I grew... I, I fell in love with that, this sort of thing during re- re- real time, because the, one of the main <laughs> characters is Matt. He would always say, blood and bloody ashes, mm-hmm. which I thought was a fabulous way to express emotion, <laughs> and it didn't affect me
0: at all. Uh-huh. See, I think, I think it's very natural to use, um, not pejoratives, but that, like... Explicatives. No. well explicatives. Not expletives uh, all,
1: a, um like, exclamatives. Exclamatives, uh, uh, yeah.
0: Or like exclamations. Exclamations, something, yeah. yeah, something like that. Yes, we know our vocabulary. <laughs> um, I, that comes out just very naturally. Yeah. Um but but well, I think it's the more I think it's fun to have just really quirky things that come out that way. Like,
1: yeah, like um I read a really interesting one. What, um, or, or, like, uh, uh, there's another person in Wheel time that swears like a sailor, apparently, but they'll say stuff like, things involving, like, m- mothers, like, boil, m- boil you in your mother, in your, in the mother's your goat's milk or something. I mean, just ridiculous <laughs> things, that, but apparently in the context of the world is, right. Well, you don't say that. Or... Yeah, well, and, like, some science
0: fictions, like, I know Farscape... And I think Ballastar Galactica have their own made-up yeah.
1: swear words that they well, use Well, Natasha's lot. point, I was talking, saying we were going to be talking about profanity. She said, make sure you mention Firefly, where they, t- they swear in Mandarin.
0: Oh, that's true. You know,
1: so that's a nice way to get around. I mean, <laughs> there's all kinds of ways to get around it that communicate in, in fantastical settings. Yeah. That get across the emotion without having to use the word itself. Now, I know some people think anything said in anger is... Swearing, I've heard that before. Really, like you know, if you say fudge or you know, <laughs> really? or you like know, fiddlesticks. Or... <laughs> See, I say fiddlesticks all know, the time. I know, and I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't quite get that. I mean, I guess if it's if in your head you're thinking the one, and you're saying the other. Okay. Yeah. But um. Well, yeah, but you, but to express anger is a human thing. It's just the vulgarity, I think, yeah. is what we're worried about.
0: And I know sometimes that can be a generational thing too. Because I remember seeing someone posting on Facebook saying, "Why do kids?" keep saying frick or freaking like as we know what they're replacing it what word is replacing it's like well sort of but i'm not necessarily thinking of the other word that's right? true Say freaking whatever well,
1: i guess here's the question why is profanity
0: bad well i, I mean we're just, we just assume it is <laughs> well i think there's a vocabulary thing for one thing but i think there's and some people like craig ferguson will make fun of why why do we have why do we make up words that are automatically taboo but i think that there's something innate about a swear word that connotates something of the worst of the world. Like like you said, the F word is just an ugly word. It's it's nasty in context, it's nasty in sound pronunciation. And whichever swear word you're talking about, you're using a very pessimistic description on the world in general. And sometimes even like if you're directing at a person at the other yeah. person.
1: And you have a lot of this uh there's a lot of a lot of emotional baggage yeah. with these words which is you know, which is why they become swear words Right, they have a certain amount of vulgarity a certain amount of it's like you're trying to express all the basis stuff in a word
0: I know in social sciences classes or like sociology there's still discussion about like using the n-word in like movies and stuff because sir, people use that phrase you know historically and sometimes like comedians will use it in a very ironical kind of sense yeah. But to to what extent is it uh, even if it was used historical, To what extent has is it still
1: too hurtful for people to actually use? Yeah, I, I do. I guess I guess the 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 societal connotations matter because words, as writers, words mean things. Yeah, mm-hmm. and words sometimes mean different things at different times. <laughs> this, this is true. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, often, and I I've, I guess you take out those words that in the culture mean the worst and basest things mm-hmm. that that don't build up at all. They don't even move plot forward. They're just all the garbage coming out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And just and like you said, like the, the F word is just like a total debasement of what's supposed to be something really yeah. pure and
1: wonderful and pure
0: and just kind of making it the worst uh, thing it could be.
1: My wife also told me that I had to mention the middleman um, <laughs> who, yes. who, he's a very, he's like a boy scout. He doesn't, you know, he does one time his his partner's using all these words, and she, he's like, "You do you talk to your mother with that mouth? Do you kiss her with that mouth? Because she just, you know, all this beep, 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 beep. But he'll replace things, and he'll say stuff like, flowers for Algernon, and, you know, wings of the loof-wafta, and, you know, just ridiculous phrases. You better oh, explain, because almost no one knows what Middleman know, okay. is Okay, Middleman, I don't know, or did, even okay. when it was on. Um, the Middleman is this, well, was this TV show, I think it was on ABC Family. The Middleman's this kind of, I guess... Kinda of like a superhero, he when aliens and monsters and stuff shows up, he takes care of it. He's the middleman between the people and the incidents, uh-huh. um, and he's very boy scoutish. You know, he he's very drinks milk. You know, he drinks milk, and he, he has this very Dudley Do Right sort of personality. Right. I ask something. Yeah. Seal not cuss. I mean, you're all darn and jeepers and crummy. What's up with that? Profanity cheapens the soul and weakens the mind. Little man. Jumping bananas, we're in Dutch. Well, dag diggity. Hot <laughs> diggity dog. The possibility of worldwide zombie pandemonium is just too gosh darn high. Little man. Let's kick the tires and light the fires. Little man. Sands of Zanzibar. You see an office building? Hawks of the Luftwaffe, that's it, you've cracked it. Little man. Like one time, <laughs> his uh, his partner said something, he's like... My little pony, <laughs> you know, like this. <laughs> so he would so it was a very humorous way of um communicating, you know, uh, shock and dismay and stuff. This is a complete side note, but you know, My Little Pony has made quite the resurgence. That's true. Have you heard about that? I, I, I know vaguely about it.
0: I've not heard a lot about Apparently, it. Apparently, like, one of the main writers was a writer for Powerpuff Girls, which if you ever seen oh, that? It's a very clever show. Yeah,
1: Powerpuff Girls was fun. So, yeah. Mojo, <laughs> which also reminds me I need to see this documentary when it comes out called I Know That Voice. Have you seen the preview for that? No, I haven't. It's a documentary about all the about voice actors. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. And it was fun because I'm watching the preview and there's this, like, 90-year-old lady. And I'm like, okay. And she starts talking. And she is Rocky J. Squirrel. Oh, that's awesome. And it was awesome. That's uh, June furry Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't know anything. I didn't know her. I'm like, so just seeing this face and hearing the voice, we're like, whoa and then you know the guy who does spongebob is on yeah. it and bender from futurama okay yeah that'd be and really the cool. person the girl who does bubbles um, oh, okay and also this other guy from another cartoon mm-hmm. um oh, that's pretty cool so i want to see this documentary when it comes that'd out that'd be a blast but <laughs> that's a huge side tangent yeah yeah.
0: <laughs> we have to live up to our podcast name sometimes occasionally yes yeah but so I think that's yeah, it all we've got. Yeah, the, that seems to be about all we got.
1: Um, I'd say use it sparingly. Have a reason for now, it if you have to. Use I, it. I do will mention that sometimes certain movies, after I'm done watching it and start recommending to people, completely forgot there was language. Like oh, it, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't stick in my head normally. Unless unless it's just relentless. Yeah, there's
0: yeah, there's like an usually an internal sensor in my mind that yeah. like I you just like, kind of forget about. You, it. And
1: then you show it to someone like, oh yeah, there's all these words. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> You know, it's like watching um, Super 8. Yeah. It's just full of profanity, but I don't even think about it. Uh-huh. Because it's kind of just kids being ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wouldn't, and I would never want my kid to be like that.
0: No, no it's true. <laughs> but somehow yeah. in
1: the way it's delivered, it just.
0: Yeah. It's I mean, it's almost like music.
1: Yeah. <laughs> some people view swearing I mean, that way. I mean, it, I mean, I, it has a rhythm too. It, it has a rhythm and a sound and not so much a meaning. Right. And I suppose for some people, that's, that's what, what that, that's what it is.
0: Mm-hmm. And and none of this is to really, you know, judge people who, you know, do swear that's on a regular true. basis. I mean, I understand if you're in an environment that does it all the time, it is oh, like because I mean, I know if I've been watching something that has a lot of it, then I start, you know, yeah. it kind of runs through your mind. A little and bit I too think much. I
1: think for a lot of people, it, it stops meaning anything. Yeah. And then it offends people who it still means something. Yeah. Well,
0: I mean, we've, yeah, that's true. We talk about them, ha- them being very. Derogatory words, very pessimistic words. Other people would be like, they're just words. It's like, um. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But
1: words have consequences. And and they should have consequences. Yeah. And unfortunately, sometimes words just mean whatever we make them mean. We shoehorn them in. Yeah. Well, English language, if nothing else, is very applicable. Well, (laughs) well, when it should, I'm not against it changing, but I think sometimes we we abuse it. Well, sometimes I abuse it. I'll use words that don't mean that until I use it. (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs>
0: not quite the poet so all right all right that's our story school uh, a little shorter one but that's, that's all we got that's all we've got all right so let's move now into our soundtrack wasn't even really going to try to correspond. I mean, there are some OC remix songs that have preventing in them, and Nick has got an example of that.
1: <laughs> at the end I'll be like, curse like a sailor. So. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, but I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to go with so- a song I like and not necessarily worry about the podcast topic at all, in this case. <laughs> um, but Nick and I have, have been very slowly trying to do, go slowly. through a OC remix. Listen, that's because I say slowly, because I honestly don't get get around to listening to it all that often. And I'm often. just sitting in my office all day listening to music. So yeah, <laughs> but uh, one of the so we're going trying to go through the whole OC Remix library, and one the one thing I like about some of the early stuff is that it's very simple. There's right? a lot of simplicity. Yeah, I mean, I, and some of it's good simple, and some of it's like you could have done a little more with this. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, and and I mean, I I like the more complex stuff, like OC Remix has gotten songs have gotten very intense very yeah um in terms of production quality but i like some nice simple songs like this one this is an old mcvaff song um from back in 2000 looks like this was posted december 2000 um remixed from the game soul blade which i've never played this is jazzer soul and it's just one of these songs it's got a very simple loop but it's very catchy it's
1: ridiculously fun to listen to
0: yeah nice easy listening so i hope you enjoy It's uh, we're back.
1: We're back. I was gonna say something. Well, ago.
0: we during that song there is a whole uh, hold up for a little bit. Bank, it was kind of touch and go. Yeah, there,
1: but... Tim. Next time let me pick where we're going. Okay.
0: Okay, fair enough. Okay. But now we'll go into our next segment, our take on tales. So, uh, Nick, why don't you go first this oh, time? Oh, man. Well, I just, I kind of have this, the one I'm going to talk about is a little unorthodox, so I kind of want to. Yeah, so I want to I want to talk about it in a little unorthodox manner. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well,
1: let's see. I I was trying to see what I had watched and or read that was like not something like everyone else on the planet, Avengers, <laughs> um, has already seen or watched, you know, and I couldn't really think of anything. i had been reading Taylor stuff and mm-hmm. things like that. So Avengers, awesome, yay. Uh, once Upon a Time, once, awesome. upon, uh, once Upon a Time was very... I thought about talking about that because it was very entertaining. Very nice season finale. It was a very nice season finale. And uh, Rumble Skin is always always awesome. And I feel so... I I shouldn't feel that bad for the Queen. But... <laughs> I know until mean. the end. And then she, you're like, oh. Um, yeah, yeah. I guess I won't know so much talk about something as uh, Well, little one. I have actually, and Tim doesn't know this, finished yet another... DS game. Oh, really? Like, I actually completed a, a game, a video game. Wow, how did you have time to do that? Um, well, it started, like, two years ago. <laughs> okay. <so. laughs> was another
0: Professor Layton It was
1: not a Professor Layton. It was uh, Miles Edgeworth, which is kind of a spin-off from um, Phoenix Wright. Oh, okay. Um, you know, very lore- like, you know, people have testimonies and you find the contradictions by presenting evidence, you know.
0: Right. I've always been curious about what those games are like.
1: I actually, it was quite entertaining. Um... It's it's amazing what
0: sort of things Nintendo or people who work with Nintendo can make interesting like a
1: lawyer game I know really? I, well, and I don't know how it compares if it's the same setup as Phoenix Wright because I haven't played Phoenix Wright but this one basically you do an investigation of a crime scene you look around and point out you know you'd examine scenes find evidence and then connect logical pieces and So is it sort of a DS equivalent of a kind of a point and click sort of thing Only only the only in the investigation stage and there's a lot of rebuttals where people, someone will give a testimony of why they killed or why like they'll accuse this person of killing so and so. And then they'll have like four reasons and then you have to point out evidence to show why this is a contradiction. So it's all about kind of showing where the logic breaks down oh, places. Okay. Right. Or, or where the logic exists. And it's in five episodes of this overarching story. And what I was really impressed with, it did not have the sort of emotional end that Leighton did. The professor Leighton and the unwound future fabulous ending, but what I was really impressed with was the, the final episode, it was kind of like the culmination of the previous four, it set up all these pieces, all these things, and it was this massive episode, very complicated, lots of pieces that you find out, and three different um, kind of motives that are all being intertwined that you slowly untwined, and I was really impressed how you would write, how you'd set that up. Yeah. And so I was really impressed from writing point of view, because I don't write mysteries, Mm -hmm. Um, and I just think it would be really confusing to just set up all the pieces and then mix them up in such a way that you can still solve this mystery, and then this mystery, this mystery, and then still have the big mystery left at the end, and then have this piece that you found, you know, two hours ago come and be a piece of evidence and, um, and I have to say it's very satisfying when you have, you know, some guy that you know is guilty and he keeps giving excuses why he's not, and you, you do, you know, when you, when you show a piece of evidence that shows he's wrong. The, it goes, OBJECTION! <laughs> you know, and you just feel, and then and then Miles Edgeworth is is kind of a, aristocratic, very kind of, he had kind of a prideful, and he's not prideful, but he had kind of this look sometimes where he'd like shake his shoulders, like, haha, I found you out, and he just felt like,
0: yeah, I just got him!
1: Um, so he got nice. kind of this visceral. The downside, though, is sometimes setting up an episode, you know, when you first start, a lot of talking, just oh, because they really? have so many pieces to get oh, okay, in place. So just a lot of like text screens, a lot of text to... screens, and you know you walk around and talk to this guy, and you do it for a while, and then you just try and get all the pieces. So the beginning of episodes are kind of slow going. As you get about halfway through, then it really it really picks up and is really quite entertaining. Okay. Um, and I, I was I was I mean I'd be willing to play later, like, and <laughs> it's so funny because when you make a when you make a objection and yeah. you prove him wrong, like everyone has ridiculous character design. Okay. You know, like there's this detective bad, and he has you know the this trench coat with bullet holes in it and everything. And he he looks like he has a cigarette, but when he pulls out it's like a lollipop. He puts it back in, and he pulls out his mirror and look at himself and the ridiculous things. But when you prove someone wrong, it's like it's like they were physically hit like with a, like a blast of like a shock wave. Like they're like, Wah! <laughs> and so it's, it's it's kind of ridiculous and kind of fun. I mean, the game does not take itself real seriously. I mean, the character, the, there's just characters. Uh-huh. Um, so it's a, very, it's a very unique game, and I'm sure I'm, like, the last one to get through this sort of thing, because I know Phoenix Wright is insanely popular. Yeah. And I think people have even talked about trying to put, you know, Bladen and Phoenix, Wright kind of, or, and Phoenix Wright are kind of the similar puzzle-y sort of games. Uh-huh. Though they're both very different, but quite entertaining. Now, when you do that, do you do you
0: find it, it it's easier like to sit down and play through a whole episode at a time, or would because I'd be worried about forgetting uh, stuff. It's
1: not too. I mean, if you go away for a long time, it's kind of hard. They do a pretty good job occasionally as you move to a new scene to kind of reframe the evidence to kind of gently remind you what just happened okay and they're still in your evidence they're still they still have little you can look at it all again it gives you details again okay yeah so it's, it's not too bad and the other nice thing for me is that you can save anywhere like constantly mm, so i could just yeah. drop it on so i like i would play it on sundays which is about the one day I had, you know worth sure doing it on so this last sunday i played it and I'm like i'm i said i was in chapter five the end part one I'm like all right and then I was in the end part two. I'm like, oh, I'm almost there. And then I'm in the end part three. I'm like, ah. Oh. I, I kept thinking I was almost done, so uh, I played yeah. a lot on Sunday. But yeah, I, I've been there before. Like you feel like you're at the end, but then you start realizing, wow, there's all this stuff I haven't figured out yet. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's a pretty clever, a pretty clever game. That's cool. Yeah. So that's my semi unconventional for me. So.
0: Yeah, that is that is <laughs> different. You don't talk about games that. Often.
1: I don't. I, I don't have a chance to anymore. No. Yeah. Yeah. All right.
0: Well, um, I guess I'll talk about mine yep. now. So let me let me set this up for you because it's just like I said, it's, it's an unusual kind of thing. So, well, some way. since I left the library a few years ago, I haven't really been in touch with um, what's popular in anime um, mm-hmm. these days. I mean, of course, Naruto and Bleach are still big, but other than that, I really don't have much of an inclination of what the big anime fan base is following. So, a friend of mine, Tim, an older man of mine. We get together regularly. We we wanted to go through a series, but we didn't know what to do. So uh, he has Netflix instant streaming. Yeah. And so what we did was we uh, we went through and we picked out an episode. Like we just started watching the first episode of random series that they had in there, just things that looked interesting (laughs) to us, which was fun. Um, But then we came across this one. The description was something about the adventures of a group of immortal alchemists living in. Um, the 1930s gangsters, as 1930s gangsters in America. Interesting. Yeah, and like we gotta check this out. <laughs> I gotta see what this thing is about. So the opening of well, okay, first the opening theme will like, you see the characters running through and doing stuff and then they'll like pause and they'll, on a character and they'll show you their name Okay. Yeah. so you're introduced to a bunch of the main characters well, I say main characters they did this for about like 20 people and the opening theme and they're like <laughs> These aren't all main characters, are they? <laughs> um, and then the the first scene in the first episode, there was these two characters, one of them the vice president of an information gathering agency who, like, wears a monocle, okay. and his assistant, who's, like, this nine-year-old girl with pink hair. <laughs> Only in anime. <laughs> Only in anime, yeah. And they're talking in this first scene about who where does this story properly begin? <laughs> who are the characters that should, that should introduce it? That's the beginning of it. Nice. And then and they debate about who it is, and then at the, at the end they say, well, maybe we could be the ones that actually start it. And then you see the episode title. And then the rest of that first episode is this series of intercut scenes, and it's not really sure about how these characters are related to each other, Um, it's like, it's very, as we, as we quickly found out, the whole series is told very non-linearly. Interesting. Like, it jumps all over the place. And, like, at the end of the first episode, we were like, what is this show about? (laughs) We were still, like, very unsure. So, like, we gotta check out the second episode now. (laughs) By the end of the second episode, we had a much better idea. Um, that it was largely about, it was jumping back and forth between two Events. Sort of the center one, sort of being the events that happened on this train called the Flying (laughs) Pussyfoot. And, um,. And it doesn't take you long to find out that among the people who were on this, there was apparently some major incident on this train. Because like, you see you see it when the train pulls into the station. Okay. And like, apparently there had been bodies littered across the track on the way to there. And there's, something crazy must have gone on. And um, all these, these characters are coming, come climbing out and telling their friends about, it's like, oh, I'm glad we made it here and stuff like that. And apparently, you, as you find out, aboard this train, there was an assassin. Well, two assassins, basically, who are both psycho. Um, but you don't necessarily find that about the second one till later. A pair of eccentric thieves who are, like, absolutely insane. You, you, do you remember the Cowboy Andy from Cowboy Bebop? Yeah, yeah. These are like his... It's a man and a wife, but they're like his dumber siblings oh wow they're completely gung-ho and ridiculous they're th- but they're they're a lot of fun there's a cinder's wife and his daughter cinder didn't know that they were going to be on this train because the train is also carrying this apparently experimental bomb um
1: <laughs> wow that's um, a
0: yeah and and there's this immortal kid and there's <laughs> also this orchestra well, it's not really it's a cult disguised as an orchestra that want to kidnap the sender's wife in order to force him to release their cult leader who's in prison.
1: Okay. So apparently all these people were on this train. So it creates uh, so it's a bomb waiting to explode basically. So.
0: Yeah, pretty much. And then so that's that's kind of the center story. Then there's also this other this other stuff going on about this series of events with these immortal gangsters that's, that took, this took place a year before. And it's connected. So there are some characters who are in both things, but not oh, all okay. of them. So anyway, it was it, it kind of jumps back and forth between these and sometimes uh, some scenes that take place after the,
1: the incident of the train. So it's all leading you're, up to the incident? Like you're trying to figure out, like like a flight forward sort of thing?
0: No, it's, it's more like they're... Um, I mean, the f- the second episode was sort of like that. Yeah. Um, it was like leading you to realize, okay, there was something big that happened on this train. Yeah. More of the series is much more of these things are, they just kind of cut back and forth between the two. Just see things that happen. Yeah, just see things that happen. And sometimes do they, they... Do they build on each I mean, do they kind of reinforce each other in one episode? Like... Sometimes they do. Okay. Sometimes it's just more of a... And it, it's very the, the kind of the whole conceit of the thing is you kind of come to realize by the end of it and you see the same guy and the, like the same vice president of information oh, yeah. and the girl at the end and they t- kind of unpack it, which is really helpful. Um, <laughs> it's just kind of about how how people's lives inter- is oh, interconnected, oh, okay. inter- okay. intersect, because sometimes there are some people that intersect and but there's other people who don't. there's some characters you don't see other characters at all yeah um but they it's all kind of interweaving and what i found out was that this anime was originally based off of a pair of light novels which i guess are a kind of a thing in japan they're like novellas basically that are popular among uh, oh nice teens which you would really enjoy (laughs) yeah that's
1: exactly kind of
0: things that we were talking about lately but i I guess the the novels they are they were originally two separate stories that were published Oh, okay. And then when they made the anime, they just kind of intertwined them. Intertwined them. Huh. Yeah. So it's it's really interesting. I mean, what's it comparisons called? Comparisons to uh, Pulp Fiction are. Oh yeah, they're actually called no. named, named <laughs> it. Um, the name of the series is called Bacano, which Bacano. Okay. I don't actually know what it means. Okay. But it's just an, it's Bacano. It's name the series about immortal gangsters and alchemists in nineteen thirties America. Wow. Very interesting show. And like the comparisons with non-linearity are. To that and post and uh pulp fiction are going to be yeah. inevitable,
1: I wouldn't <laughs> which nec- is uh nice. This episode, yeah, it,
0: it's <laughs> strangely fitting when we wound up here at the Steiner. but I wouldn't necessarily recommend it for everyone. It, it gets a little gory in times, mm-hmm. like the alchemy, alchemy in this is more realistic than, say, in full metal okay, alchemist. Yeah, um, I mean, it's more like how alchemists actually worked, like okay. kind of consulting dark forces and uh, stuff okay, like that. Yeah, yeah, um. And sometimes because like the way they seem like if sometimes if a character gets maimed or wounded or something like the blood will suck back into him and, oh, fun. and, and like uh, like a character, like his fingertips get cut off. It's like one of the first times and like the, you see the tips fall on the ground and they just kind of <laughs> and kind of suck back into place. That was my sound effect. Thank you. <laughs> I tried. It's radio. <laughs> so, I mean, it is a little dark and there's. A few too many insane characters. Well, oh, actually, I'll put it this way: I saw one reviewer said that every character in this show is insane, which is true. <laughs> in in some so everyone's a little unstable. Ways. Everyone's a little unstable. Or there, a lot. There's some more. There's some protagonists who are more heroish, main character-ish yeah. than others, as the little girl says. Um, but there's there's two in particular who are just insane, like the Joker would get along fabulously with these oh, guys. Man. And I could have done with, with a little bit without some yeah. of their stuff. So, like I said, it's not for everybody, but if if uh, non-conventional plot structures interest you, it's it's huh. one to check out.
1: Sounds interesting.
0: And like I said, I'd never heard of it, so I don't know how popular it is. Yeah.
1: But. Cool. So that's one yeah. of those things you could really only find by randomly going to netflix yeah i'd be it'd be interesting to see what they suggest to you now that you've watched that yeah, this is true <laughs> that,
0: that's true i i don't know what to i don't really know another anime to compare it to honestly um now if you're looking for just sheer randomness excel saga but that's like i used to compare that to the anime version of family guy so <laughs> oh, oh man Yeah. yeah. It's very random yes very much so but
1: well, we have two very unique uh take on tales today
0: yeah pretty unusual i yeah. think so, all right, I think this will be kind of a shorter episode, yeah. but nothing wrong with that nope. occasionally. And uh, so I guess we'll go ahead and close it. Do, do you have anything else you want to talk about?
1: Um, I don't think so. No. Okay. <laughs>
0: nothing I can think of. That's all we got.
1: That's all we've got. All right. We'll just mention we had again go watch uh, Once Upon a Time. Yes. <laughs> oh, you know what, take Tale I should have had oh, what's that? was uh, Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah, one of the
0: best riff tracks uh, we've ever yeah, seen. if
1: you if you like bad movies and Theater and riff tracks, it's it's it really is different than yes. uh, than uh, many of the other ones, and it's <laughs> it's hard to explain exactly. The middle is really painful, and the end is just a sort of like heavenly cathar- catharsis. <laughs> I mean,
0: the one of the best finales of any mystery science theater
1: or like just in terms of sheer insanity. It's just it's there's something there's something special about this one. Yeah. So if you if you don't mind popping down the money for uh, Santa and Ice Cream Bunny, do it. It's uh, totally it's, worth it. It's it. completely worth it. Um, perhaps at the end, we might have to throw a sound effect into <laughs> him.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I know exactly what you're thinking. Of. <laughs> Don't,
1: people, please don't sue us if
0: you get nightmares.
1: <laughs> that's a good
0: plug-in for yep. our tracks, yeah, right there. Yeah, that's
1: such good, yep. <laughs> all right, well, all right. Yeah,
0: uh, contact info? Yes, we'll close our contact info.
1: Um, always visit us on our website at Thought.blogspot.com. Leave us comments. Our friend Greg has been leaving voluminous comments because he's been catching up. Very nice comments. Yes. Um, I actually have not caught up on all of them yet. Yeah. Tim's been pretty good at keeping on them. Yeah, and there's nothing really big enough to talk about here, but there's some. we had some nice back and forth about a couple things. So And we always love to hear from you. It inspires us to do, you know, well or different sort of topics. I mean, we're always open to topic things still because this our, one was, our, li- our list is actually relatively short right now. It is, surprisingly.
0: Uh, I mean, Profanity was one that was suggested to us by Nate quite a while ago, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, um, and you can also always email us. Don't want to forget about that. Drilledtrains at com.
1: And subscribe to us on iTunes.
0: That's right. So hopefully we'll have some more info eh,
1: by the end of the summer, maybe. On our project? Yeah, yeah. by other project. I would say um, my goal is end of the summer, yeah. What about and that uh, other thing? Uh, the other thing? I would think pretty soon they're putting together an official sort of press release thing. Okay. And notice he said they, so <laughs> that's kind
0: of a little hint there. Shield.
1: Um. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, you know, that guy in that corner booth looks an awful lot like nick fury i know You're and just it's kind of scaring me yeah yeah so so yeah that
1: guy you don't mess with that guy no
0: <laughs> no he'll he'll pull out a
1: bazooka and he'll mm-hmm. take mm-hmm. care of business yes
0: that's true you know talking about profanity he's actually a very good person <laughs> for this <laughs>
1: we should have interviewed him he should have been here yeah, he should have been i yeah. didn't know if i wanted
0: to approach him though yeah frightening
1: yeah that's a good point. point. Yeah. All right. So, Nick, why don't you close us off with your soundtrack? My tricks? soundtrack, I had to preface this, actually. Um, and we didn't talk about this in our story school.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: I had wanted to do the soundtrack back on our rhythm episode way back, like, was that? Like, four or five or something like that? Yes. Yeah, well, pacing and rhythm. Pacing and rhythm. Yeah. But I, I decided not to do it because the title basically takes God's name in vain.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's one of those things we didn't talk about, but... Uh, no. Yeah, we don't. Just, uh, yeah, just no. Just no. Um, very, very few reasons I think that would be necessary. Possibly if it's just kind of a double meaning. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I'd say we're always. Personally, I'd say there's no reason for me. Yeah. So.
0: You know, so, speaking of speaking of fun exclamations. Yes. I have to thank uh, Mr. Charles Schultz for uh, introducing uh, things like "good grief" and "rats" into my <laughs> vocabulary very early. Good grief. Rats. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, continue. Uh,
1: <laughs> but this is a, a percussion only remix from Crone Trigger, remixed by Drum Ultima. The part of the title I feel like saying is it's a dinosaur, get in the epic, epic, epic. I think we said it was yeah. pronounced so, um, I'm guessing or epoch or epoch. It looks like epoch, I think it's pronounced epic. Um, remixed by Drum Ultima from a great song from Crone Trigger, a very tribal song. It's kind of cool because it's only percussion.
0: So um, enjoy. Thanks again for listening to Derilla Trains of Thought, your premier storytelling podcast. This has been Tim. This has been Nick. And we'll see you next time. Tell all your friends.
1: Adios. Bye bye.